And we're live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because, well, there's all kinds of news and sometimes there's stuff that's fun to talk about and that's exactly what's going to happen tonight. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble. Pretty much everywhere under that name you can find me. That's S-H-U-J-I-N. Got a little bit of a different setup for you guys tonight. Not technically speaking, but uh, host speaking. From, well, outside of the Midwest of the U.S., which is kind of a weird way of doing this one. Joey, good to have you back, man. Hey. And, uh, ironically enough, over the water to Paris, France, Joseph. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, you guys might recognize that uh, we're a little uh, we're a little light on hosts this evening. It's it is what it is. Uh, there's stuff going on with folks busy, not feeling up to it. Perfectly understandable and not a worry. So uh, the door is open for any of the guys to pop in because you know it's the way it works every once in a while. But we'll see how it plays out. So, of course, as always, uh, real quick uh, check-in with you guys. Um, I don't know how, uh, uh, I mean, Joey and I, obviously, you know, we, we had uh, last night the, to kind of touch base and everything. So I figured yeah. I'd, you know, kind of check in with you guys. How are you holding up right now? I'm doing all right. It's just been uh, a few personal issues that have been going on for me here lately and mostly resolved. And Joe, Seth, how are you holding together this week? Uh, well, I've been spending a lot of the weekend sleeping because uh, the last few weeks have been quite rude. <clears throat> because um, I'm the only one of my service who's actually on site. <laughs> so, uh, and the numbers aren't going down here. Well, they're going down. They've gone down from their peak, but they're slowly climbing again. So just to count down to uh, vaccination time, I guess. Yeah, there is that. Uh, since I've had it asked of me, I'm going to be pushing a lot harder after this weekend to see what kind of scheduling I can get. I'm personally speaking, I'm perfectly happy waiting for, you know, those that really need it first to get it, because here in New York, it's been recently opened up where pretty much everybody over 16 can get vaccination. But, you know, I stay at home almost exclusively. So, you know, I'm I'm willing to... They haven't, they haven't divided distribution up into age groups? They did. They did. They had it, uh, uh, they had it for... I, I forget what the what the breakup was, but I do remember that it was specifically a senior citizens age bracket that was uh, ahead of me. I don't remember exactly what that was. I think it was like fifty five and older, or sixty five and older, whatever it was. But you know, I'm fifty two ish. Yeah, I'm fifty two, and so you know, and being away from everybody not having to deal with the public, you know, for me, it was very, very, very low priority to, to have to worry about getting anything. So like I said, for me, 
I'm perfectly satisfied, you know, just waiting to give other folks the opportunity that would need it, you know, a, a little bit more than me. But, you know, it's, I'm also hearing from folks, hey, you know, um, there's plenty of places that are just like, you know, waiting for people to come in. And it's like, you know, you try to be nice and try to do the nice thing and try to do right for other folks. And it's like, okay, it, 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 it'll be what it'll be. So, you know, mm. be there's a mission. Starting up carpools to take people to vaccination, vaccination places that have actually have the, the vaccine, vaccine, whatever. Yeah, um, but that, that runs yeah, but into was, the, that runs into the small problem of um, being in a tight and closed case where you don't know who is or isn't positive. So, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, joy. Uh, on your on your way to get everything. Um anyways, yeah, but it wasn't a reflection on you. It's just it seems that you guys over there are way ahead of us because uh my my turn, quote unquote, uh isn't gonna happen until the middle of May. Yeah. And I'm the same age as you, sir. Well I apologize. I'm going I'm going to be a little bit sniffly tonight because the uh you know, Winter Part Two with a Vengeance, the Second Coming, kind of uh, decided to wreck my nose. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you. Unprepared without a coat. Yeah, and and funny enough, that that whole um, Winter Part Two thing actually is going to show up in the horrible scopes. So, um, <sighs> Joe, Joey knows because we dealt with it last night. So we'll 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 get around to that eventually. Maybe. Maybe part two is a little much. Maybe it's more like the, uh, you know, sometimes when they, after the credits roll, they add a little extra bit of film. Well, no, no, no. It really is winter part two with oh. vengeance. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We had, uh, we had, uh, we had actual snowfall and uh, we had freezing temperatures for about a week. I think. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, no lie. I'm sorry. No. The entire universe is like uh, <clears throat> between my place and my workplace, which is like 80 meters. No, so. nothing, nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're, you're in the, you're in a country that's got all kinds of wine. I mean, how, how can we expect you to concentrate on anything other than, you know, People work and wine? Playing a lot here. Yeah. Eh, be this a bank. <laughs> So, folks, thank you for being with us. If you enjoy being with us as we are live, of course, you can take advantage of the live chat going on. Stephanie, do see you over there. Uh, and before anybody goes asking, yeah, it's it's just Stephanie at the moment. Why is Felis there? Uh, not there, I should say. I haven't the foggiest. But be that as it may, I'm sure there's a completely simple reason the fact that I don't know what that answer is right now is the piece that is annoying me, but I'll deal with that later. In any case, uh, to get it out of the way, uh, first and foremost, I did go up looking information on Rafe Badawi shortly before we went to, uh, before we went to air. Uh, there is no new information. Again, double-edged sword. So, as of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been eight years, ten months, six days since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes. I hope the thoughts are still with you and your family. We're still waiting. 
we are One still on that. very much waiting. Yes. Well, the reason we're not hearing any news is because, also because nobody's asking. Oh no! Oh no! There, there is really? there is askings going on. His family and his supporters have almost been annoyingly consistent with pressuring um, through social media, through uh, concerted efforts to the uh, public officials to push for the Canadian government. They've been doing what they can to, you know, what's going on next? What's going on next? Pressuring oh, the... Okay. Pressuring the prince, who is not in, uh, not very happy personality these days either, but yeah, no, it's 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 still going on. There is. Oh, they ever? Yeah, yeah, but the squeaky wheel gets grease, but I mean, uh, yeah. So they've they've doubled, tripled, quintupled down. Yeah, I they guess. they they keep trying. So, Sorry. No, nothing wrong with that. So uh, I do have, of course, as I uh, as I have, I still have my uh, my beer collection for tonight. So you guys get to kind of help me out on this one. And Stephanie, you too. We'll see uh, how this goes. So we've got two glass bottles uh, still left. Crabby's original alcoholic ginger beer. Good luck on that. The Rochesterfarian Scotch Ale. I am not a Scotch drinker, but uh, again, reminding you. This particular collection, I picked all. I picked them all only because of the art style design of the containers. No other reason. Literally, that's that's really the the reason for it. The oh god, Schwartz beer. Schwartz. Okay, in German, a W is supposed to be pronounced like a V in English, right? Schwartz beer. Well, it's 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 a Genesee specialty, so you know it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it, it it's a German looking word, but it's from the company that brought you Jenny Cream Ale. So I I don't know what to think of that. Is it actually dark? May the be with you. Yeah, really. I I uh, probably bird. Uh, does it say what kind of whatever it is? It doesn't really say. Genesee Specialty Schwarzbier. Just going to have to open it to find out. Yeah, we'll see about that. And the last one, last but not least, and this one caused some uh, contentiousness because of my pronunciations, apparently. Now, the the question is, it's R-E-I-S-S-D-O-R-F. And Rice. Okay. So it's... Rice. Reisdorf? Uh... K, K O. Well, it's Dorf is a castle. Well, wait a minute. Is is that a K or is that an R? Uh, that looks like. Uh, wait, what? What are you? Second word. I'm trying. Oh, to, oh. See, I'm pretty sure that's an R. Or ooh. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I'm I'm. I think it's a K. Yeah. Also, we've got some screen glare on it. So yeah, I know, I know. There's not much I can do about it. Uh, okay. Kolsch. Reisdorf Kolsch. Sure. Let, yeah, we'll go with that. Let, let me, let me, let me do a little bit of. Yeah. Well, see, the problem screen. is it's it's got that it's got that it's got that umlaut on the O. Yes. Which doesn't exactly help either. But uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. No. Yes. Um, Reis, Reisdorf Kolsch. 
Kolsch. Okay. And uh, Stephanie is uh, giving a uh, a thumbs up to the Krabbies. Uh, do you guys have a um? Um, it, it's got a score of eighty seven percent approval on uh, beeradvocate.com. I'm sorry. Have 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 you met my taste buds? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean jack shit. It's German. Have you met my taste buds? It doesn't mean jack shit. Alcohol by volume, 4.8%. All right, which means I probably won't fall asleep in the middle of the show. All right, whatever. But um, you know what? I didn't uh, I didn't go by uh, Stephanie before, so you know what? This time, Stephanie, you're getting it. Uh, so the Krabby is original alcoholic ginger beer. I do not know if I'm going to like the ginger beer. Is it made with actual redheads? That's what I'm wondering. Let's find out. That's one way to find out. What's it called again? Krabby's. Krabby's original ginger beer, alcoholic ginger beer. There it is. Yep. 12.2 fluid ounces. I'm sorry. 330 milliliters for those of us that actually speak, you know, real numbers doesn't have one on on uh, beer advocate oh well Ooh. got one for totalwine.com uh, totalwine.com got to smell the cork cuz you know oh there it is Ooh. beer advocate should, let's see here urban be spice beer alcohol by volume 4.8% approval rating of 81 Well, this is this is nifty. This is this is a this is a very pale one. This is actually going to fill this entire ice cream goblet. A fine a fine product of the United Kingdom. Is it? Yes. Huh. I would not have known that. So, um, this is this is nice. This is, um, huh. Gold. Mm-hmm. I can't describe it any other way. It is. It is. It is gold, which is very unusual for me to say because I'm so used to saying it is green. And the first, Joe, were you were you there with everybody? No, I don't. I don't think that you were at Anthrocon when I uh, when everybody started meeting up uh, down in the um, uh, down the restaurant, and and uh, I I got I got a drink and I brought it back to the table and everybody's looking at me and they're just like, "The hell is that?" And I actually held it up and I said. It is green. And it I was. Believe, I believe I was there for that because I believe that's when we were having poutine. I don't know about that part. All I know is that it was um, what I was drinking was grasshopper. And yes. Yes, I remember the grasshopper. And the best part about it was going over to the bartender and asking for it. And the bartender just gave me this. Wait. And then Wait. you had to explain to him how to make a grasshopper. No, no. He, he he actually cocked his head for a second. He looked at me really strange, and he's just like, no, wait. Wait, I know how to make this. I, I remember how to make this. It's, uh, right? Yeah. Okay. How much do you want for it? Uh, seven bucks. All right. Yeah, whatever. He literally couldn't figure out how much it was supposed to be. <laughs> 
geez, it must have been a wonderful time for him to go ahead and try that out. So, Kampai, I guess we'll uh, try this out over here. Slodger. Oh, that is different. Oh, that is, um... Huh? I was going to say, part of it kind of tastes like medicinal, but, mm -hmm. um, uh... Eh? This is this is weird. This is this is different. Hmm. And this is a this is technically a beer. Mm hmm. Huh. It it is a dining beer. I go ginger beer. Yeah. Malt beverage with natural flavor and caramel color added. Mm hmm. Okay. Interesting. Ooh. Wow, that is weird. I just got like a, uh, I just got like a, a back of the throat hit of. I don't even know. Wow. Well, that's that, um. Hmm. Okay. Let us see. Pours dark amber. Uh, pours with a dark amber body and a fast fading head. It has a sweet, strong aroma of cinnamon and ginger and fruit. Cin uh, Taste. Cinnamon. Hmm. Yeah. The taste is sweet and spicy, with mm -hmm. notes of grapes, lemon, and raspberries. I get a lingering burning sensation at the back of my throat afterwards. A sweet-tasting ginger beer, maybe a little too spicy for my tastes, although I can see how someone else would enjoy that. Well, that, that definitely... yeah. Okay. Alright, this, this is a new one for me, so... I guess we will see how this plays out. And uh, sorry, I'm, I was fucking up the beer snob reviews on it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, Stephanie uh, says, uh, "I like ginger, might not." You know what? It's I'm not off put at this point. Which with some of the other beers, where it's you know it's like it's beer. Yeah, uh, it was a good start. Hit it. It is no Pabst. Oh, great. Thanks. Now I got that. I got Pabst Ooh, on my mind. Great. Now I got that. The hell. What, what the yes, hell? Yes, but movie at least you that? have something. You, you've, at least you have something a bit more palatable on your tongue. It's true. That's very true. All right. What do you mean Pabst isn't palatable? <clears throat> it doesn't taste bad. It doesn't taste anything. I'll keep that in mind. So how about I go ahead, get things rolling, and uh, we'll actually get into the 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 fluff that is tonight's show because this is this is all about having a little bit of fun for a change. So getting you started over here with five minutes on the clock, your five minute freestyle starts right now. Turnabout. Oh wow, man. Um, you know I'm. I'm looking to have a lightweight show tonight, so this might not sound at first like it is, but it is. For those of you that have not been paying attention to the political scene that is the half-put-out dumpster fire here in the United States, we had a situation, actually we've had several situations, where for whatever reason, there has been... The the attempt of using what's otherwise known as a gotcha question. It's supposed to put somebody into 
an untenuous position to answer a question with a simple binary yes or no when the answer is far and away more nuanced. Stacey Abrams, for instance, here in the U.S., has done a remarkable job and has been asked, well, was asked earlier this week, what problems do you have with the new voting laws that we're trying to put into place? Give me a list. Now, I don't like to paint a group with a very large brush, but unfortunately, it's all too easy to and all too realistic to right now to say that a lot of the capital L Republicans here in the United States who are of the capital C conservative mentality who will ask questions in bad faith, very bad faith. And this is one of those situations where went ahead and said, do you have a problem with some of these, some of these laws that we're trying to enact? Give me a list. That was the worst thing this guy could have said. Give me a list. And Stacey Abrams verbally hit him. Bitch slapped him would be the right way of putting it. Because she went ahead and said, effectively, you want a list? I got your list right here. Here we go. Let's go down right from the top and started to list them off one after the other, after the other, after the other. And the guy actually had to stop her claiming that the problem was they didn't have great acoustics there for this meeting. So she needed to slow down so that they could actually hear and understand her. I don't think that that was genuine, but We'll give him the benefit of the doubt for a moment. So she went ahead and she listed him back again to make sure that she was clear. And with each one, this guy went ahead and said, basically, is that it? Do you have another? Are you done? He didn't say those words, but that was effectively what it was that he was trying to say. And she was not having it. You know, it's funny. When you go ahead and you use completely dishonest tactics, when you give leading questions, when you try to make it sound like you're trying to get a simple answer to a simple question, but you're actually in the middle of trying to screw somebody over with the answer that they could give, it is so nice. It is so refreshing to have somebody who can actually recognize it, know that it's coming, and just ace the ball back into the other court. Hit him in the foot. Drive that ingrown toenail all the way back to their ankle. And tell them, oh, did you do that? It's nice to have people in positions of power again 
positions of authority who are actually smart enough for the job. Thank you for doing the job that you're doing. And hopefully inspiring some of the younger ones to do the same in your footsteps. This is episode 359 on the docket, Your Honor, flying high. Man, like I put in the show notes, you know, Wilbur and Orville Wright, you know, the beginning of the 20th century, halfway through, a little more than halfway through the century, we landed on the moon. And just a little bit into the 21st century, we have powered flight on a whole new planet self-propelled god 15 minutes ago you knew there were no aliens on this planet what are you going to know in the next 15 so we're going to talk about the stuff that has just made us sit back and go wow man this is actually pretty damn cool but before we do that, of course, we need to get along to the horrible scopes. So, gentlemen, if you are ready, we can get right along to that. I hear <clears throat> marching orders. Well, uh, we'll kind of go in our usual uh, our usual method. Joe, I just wanted to make sure that you had your yep. your mute off there. I'm ready. All righty. So, folks, here are your horrible scopes for this week. Please remember, if you don't like what you got, you should have bribed us more. And if you don't know what your astrological sign is, don't worry about it. It's not going to make any kind of a difference. Make it up as you go along. Ask the Magic 8-Ball. It'll probably help you out a little bit better. Get your rolling over here. And I hope you were paying attention to last week's, because these kind of follow up. Aries, you need to get out more often. Grunting and discomfort from shopping at the grocery store is not a good sign. You don't need to do much. Just a couple of times up and down the stairs at your house twice a day will be a good start. Unless you live in a third floor walk up in Brooklyn, in which case just once a day is fine. Joey. Taurus. So you finally saw the Happy Days episode where the expression jumping the shark came from. If you thought that was bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. Three words for you. Joni loves Chachi. Never tempt the great god Murphy. Remember, it can always get worse. Gemini. Letting YouTube's algorithms choose your videos for you was a great idea, but it's time to take back control of that. Stop watching the pipe-smoking channel and switch to something more informative. How about... Integza? The hell does. He's Portuguese, hates tomatoes, loves Nikola Tesla, and has a literal blast making 3D printed rocket engines that he tests on in his attic. Go up. That is true, by the way. The pipe smoking channel. Yes, that's that's real. And Integza. Oh my god, he is a freaking lunatic. I love him. All I can say is I can heavily relate to the uh <sighs> To the um, algorithm comment, 
I never knew that I needed, you know, watching a young man slap a chicken until it was cooked in my life until YouTube. <laughs> maybe, you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll add that one to the to the show notes for later so people can have fun with that one. Cancer Moonchild. Last week when we said, how lost could you possibly get? That was not supposed to be a challenge. But since you're there anyway... Max out your credit, open a personalized Scrimshaw shop, and get that entrepreneurial spirit working in your favor. Just remember to wear protective gloves while operating a Dremel. And I said it last night, and I'm going to say it again. I want bonus points because I actually spelled entrepreneurial without the help of a spell checker. Leo. Okay. So the what happens when you put a Capri Sun pouch on the barbecue experiment didn't exactly go to plan. Never does. The bag melted, spilling out all of the flavored sugar water and dousing the charcoal, cooling the rack and shutting the whole thing down. The worst part was the smell of burnt plastic, burnt sugar water, burnt artificial flavoring, and angry charcoal. These experiments are the reason NASA doesn't want you to apply for a job anymore. Virgo, congratulations on finding a second-hand digital SLR camera, Virgo. Now you've discovered the worst part about owning a good camera, how expensive good quality lenses are. Sure, buy the crappy plastic ones if you like, but to do a good buy lenses from a 1977 Minolta and the adapter to put it on your new old camera. Trust us, you'll never look back. That um, is so true, though. Uh, yeah, like even my Nikon D3X, I'm using lenses from 1968. Yep. Yep. I started I out. Don't age. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine gave me his uh, his old Minolta from like the early 70s. You could dent most tanks with this thing, and I, you know, I took a lot of 35 mil, and then I bought a digital SLR. And then finally decided, you know what? I've got all these lenses that I bought. Maybe I should just get an adapter. Oh my God, it's so nice to be able to play with all those lenses again. And they're heavy. But that's good. That's yeah, it's very good. Libra, remember in high school, you were a delivery driver for a local mom and pop shop? And some MILF wannabe gave you the classic porn come online and just come inside and I'll get my wallet. And what did you do? You freaked out, left without getting paid, and had to explain to your bosses what happened. They're still disappointed in you. Just thought you should know. Should have taken one for the team. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know how I keep ending up with this, but like I said, like I said last night. It's timing, man. It's just all about it's timing. The it's the first thing that comes to mind. <sighs> Scorpio, we have a scientific term you need to learn this week. Albedo. A-L-B-E-D-O. It's a measure of surface reflectivity of solar radiation which is a measure from zero, or absorbing all radiation, meaning it looks black, to one, meaning it reflects basically all, so it looks white. 
Since freshly fallen snow has an albedo of around 0.9, and since you wanted to go outside while it was still nice and sunny after it snowed again, you now have sunburn in your nostrils. Good luck spraying solar cane on that. Told you the snow was going to come up in the horrible scopes. Next week, libido. Uh, okay, Sagittarius. One thing at a time, man. <laughs> People actually like you this week. Uh, uh, gentlemen, kind of weird fluke. I apologize. Not- I'm interrupting, but there is somebody who has just broken down right outside my apartment. I need to go uh, see if they need a hand. Okay. Broken down, as in crying or car? Probably car. car. Something is dragging very heavily underneath her car. Okay, let, let us know when you get back. So back to uh, it, Sagittarius. Yeah, okay, I'll start again. It's Sagittarius, people actually like you this week. That's not some kind of weird fluke. You'd actually say and do all the right things to help people feel good about themselves. And it's going to feel weird. Just roll with it and enjoy this experience. It might not last. Yeah, it just might not. Capricorn? You tried out the fishnets and found out what women have known for decades. Walking on that material chews up the bottoms of your feet like nothing else. Remember that the next time you ask your partner to dress up for date night. It's a bigger sacrifice for them than for you. Aquarius. Those are like... Oh, those elocution lessons helped. You can pronounce French sentences without stumbling all over yourself. That's that's quite the short-term accomplishment. Now you need to find somebody to translate last week's expression for you so you never say it again. If you get slapped saying it in Quebec, it'll be because your pronunciation is atrocious to them, not for the content. They might just enjoy hearing it. I'm actually kind of glad that you got that one, considering what last week was like. Eh, je comprends, eh? Yeah. And of course, my fellow fish Pisces, you can still remember all your friends' phone numbers from 1978, but you can't remember the computer password you set up two weeks ago. So here's a suggestion. Start using those phone numbers for your passwords. Normally, we tell you that that was a horrible idea, except we know how insignificant you are online. Nobody's looking to hack your accounts anywhere. So don't sweat it. And those are your horrible scoops for this week. Remember, if you enjoyed them, wonderful. If you didn't, tough shit. You didn't pay us enough. And you can just deal with it later. I'll have them posted all online next week when I work on the next one. So have yourself a great time. I'm still deciding whether that last one is a good idea or not. Uh, well, um... There are ways of making it work. I'm not going to discuss it on the air. With those, oh yeah. Uh, But I'm wondering if uh, those friends are using the same as their passwords too? Could be worse. Access to everybody. You you could be using the, you could be using the, uh, the combination that you use for your luggage. But that's an old joke. That I've never heard. Spaceballs. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, yeah. It's a dad joke. Leave me alone. Anyway. So, yeah, like I uh, like I put in the show notes, 
Uh, the Wright Brothers, 1903. 65 years later, Apollo 11. 51 years later, Ingenuity, flying on Mars. And before anybody, you know, thinks about this and, and doesn't quite get the right idea about it, I did look up the information about Ingenuity and its dual counter-rotating blades. It has a wingspan, if you can quite call it that, a rotor span, of 1.2 meters across. And those rotors are going at about 2K a minute. 2,000 RPM, if I remember the number correctly. I don't remember exactly what it was, and truth be told, I don't think it really much matters. But the point of it is, we went from having Luna as the next big point to suddenly, wow, man, we might actually be able to make it to Mars. And, like, fly. So, you know, the stuff that has been happening, scientifically speaking, I, I, I'm I still absolutely floored by some of the stuff that happens, and I absolutely adore it. Because we got that, we've got pictures of uh, uh, black holes, we've got new ideas on how graphene can be crafted. I mean, the stuff in the scientific community has just been wonderful to get away from all the crap that's how that's happening socially speaking socio sociologically that's what i'm looking for social shit yeah i don't even know what graphene is graphene is a really weird subject graphene if you took carbon atoms and you linked them into you know the the quote-unquote organic rings Mm -hmm. which, which are actually hexagons because, I mean, that's the way that it goes. And you link those... Yeah, and you link those hexagons next to each other in a sheet one atom thick. It is the closest thing that we know of currently that we can produce that is not quite but effectively a two-dimensional solid. And it has some really, really weird properties that they are still exploring. Not the least of which is that, in some respects, it is um, electrically conductive. So the possibility of using it in electronic manufacturing is going to be interesting. Have you heard of uh, Vantablack? Vantablack, yes. Vantablack, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what that shit seems to be, if I understood correctly. Sort of. If memory serves, they're using it's kind of a... a the tubes. Exactly right. It's the rings. Yeah, it's the other way around. It's the, the rings not connected laterally, but... Uh, no, it, it, it still is. But it's a matter of that it's actually curling onto itself into tubes tube. of, of yeah. various lengths. But, oh my god, the... The the con considering that the concept of graphene is relatively recently drafted, and then they decided, you know what, this is really cool and all, but how about we find something that all the edge lords could really like to play with? 
I mean, it, and the, the funniest part about it is that it set off basically a blacker than black war between two different companies to produce the blacker black. Yeah, that shit's patented now, but nobody can use it. Well, Vanta Black, yes. But like I said, there is a different company who basically said, oh, you want to go ahead and patent that and keep the patent to yourself so that nobody else can use it? Yeah, screw that. I'm going to make something that's even blacker than that, and I'm going to make it completely free and open for everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. Ninety because Vanda Black takes it absorbs ninety nine point nine six five percent of visible light. Now I don't remember what the other one is called. That's that's the problem. I don't want to go looking it up because the keyboard that I'm working with now is a little louder than the one I was using, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to you know tapity 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 on that. Yeah, it's sticky with all the beer. It's not got anything to do with that. Okay. But I will uh, I will look up uh, and put the information in the show notes for Vanta Black and what the what the other thing is because I can't remember what the hell that is. No, well, that's 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 cool. You could make um, <clears throat> if it if it if it conducts electricity. There's uh, oh, I can imagine so much stuff you could do with that. Yeah, and considering that we're talking about effectively, if not in actuality, a two dimensional solid. Um, that's just all kinds of freaky, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's really it's it's really astounding stuff. It's really amazing. But um, if memory serves, they were also looking at uh, I, I forget what those I forget what the tubes are called. I think it's just graphene tubes. But at some point or other, somebody was suggesting the idea of using those um, in order to uh, make maybe not necessarily more efficient, but more tolerable uh, injection tubules with those for medicines. I don't know that that's actually a thing, but if you could actually make uh, fabric out of the stuff, Mm. um, uh, yeah, well, I was thinking a medical use would be uh, monitoring equipment because you could just put like little um, captors all over the thing, measure heart rate, pressure, pulse, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. the The only thing that I can remember that was specifically done with uh, with the the tubes was that somebody had figured out uh, a, a guy in the ham radio community, even who was uh, like medically trained and such had figured out that if you if you manufacture these tubes at a very specific length and eg- inject them into cancerous cells or you know around cancerous cells even you could then effectively resonate them by using a radio frequency signal through the body that would be harmonically picked up by these little pieces and would, well, basically heat up and effectively, I don't want to, I don't want to use the wrong word. It's not the right word for it, but effectively cook 
you know, cancerous lesions. Yeah. But once again, the problem is targeting those cells. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But the idea of being able to do that with uh, with much more targeted um, systems to get it uh, to get it stuff. I mean, it it's happening. But the idea of of using sympathetic vibrations with radio frequency through a body in order to you know make these things vibrate. Again, it's it's another one of these things where it's just like you know, what nut job thought this up? Oh, right, somebody in the ham radio community that actually knows a little something about this. All right, yeah, okay, good, you know, good on you, smart guys. Definitely not something that I would end up doing. That's that's for damn sure. But it, you know, it's 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 one of those things that makes sense. It's a, it's a kind of the same process sort of, that you use with microwave ovens. They're designed to specifically vibrate water molecules, and, well, you know, it's, it's kind of the same idea. The only difference, of course, is with a microwave oven, you're really not supposed to put your little poodle in there, so keep that in mind, people, please. Thank you. How else are you going to dry it? That's what a tumble dryer is for. Oh, right. Yeah, thanks. I'll remember that next time. It's all about that next time. Don't worry, it'll, it'll be all good. <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. It's all about the next time. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily want to do that. Uh, no? Oh. Eh. Yeah, figure it out another time. Eh, whatever. Anyway. Okay, so as an aside... Um, yeah, this is, this, this beer is, is definitely not a typical beer. This is, this is the kind of thing I'd say is like a dessert beer. And I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. Oh, I, oh. This yeah. is really, there's some, this is really new. There's something I used to drink here. It's called Las Cochon. Which, well, I think we talked about this before, probably another show, but uh, anyways. Um, but, uh, Las Cochon in English means literally translated uh, rinse the pig and yeah it's a really sweet beer it's almost like it's the cherry coke of beers I guess <laughs> <laughs> okay as somebody that does not like cherries ergo does not drink cherry coke yeah. but I've smelled it I, I, I think I get an idea as to what you mean so at first taste it's pretty good but Let's just say you do not want to have a hangover on that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, mm. yeah, that's, that's, that probably would not be a good thing. No. It's going to be one of those things. Okay. So a little bit back for, uh, a little bit back from Mars and, um, and NASA you know, we, we've mentioned it before, trying to land anything on Mars in and of itself is kind of a, kind of a 50-50 proposition. Mars has a really long history of, what's the word I'm looking for, devouring probes sent its way. 
Oh, all the dust and uh, yeah. Oh no, just, no, no, no! It's it, it's not the dust. It's the here? challenge of trying to land anything on Mars safely. Well, there, the gravity is uh, once. Uh, what is it percentage-wise of? What mm, I want to say one third, one sixth. Yeah, one sixth is the moon. No. Uh yes, you're right. Sorry. I you know I don't remember it is it is significantly less that now much that I, I remember. think about it I know very little about Mars like its atmosphere is uh, I understand correctly it's mostly nitrogen I don't remember its composition but to say that it's tenuous at best is probably yeah. selling it about right well yeah it's too small to it doesn't have enough gravitational pull to to um, to maintain an atmosphere. Well, uh, apparently. That, that in and of itself becomes an interesting question. It's a combination of how much gravity does it actually have versus it doesn't have a magnetosphere to protect it from solar radiation and solar storms. So the possibility of there having been a much more, you know, a much more robust atmosphere at one time that's been stripped away because of solar storms and such you know, makes some kind of sense. Uh, but to have the magnetosphere, you're going to need a molten iron core. Which it no longer has. It's solid? It does not have a magnetic field. Yeah, okay. So to that end, the likelihood at this point is that it simply does not have a molten iron core. At the very least, it's not Molten, and again, it also depends on the the atmospheric content because heavier atoms tend to stick around longer. Yep, it's all that it's all that mass thing going on exactly. And um, the current uh, the current um, the current listing that we've got as far as to the atmospheric density compared to Earth. Mars is at the equivalent of 1%. So trying to slow anything through the atmosphere by, you know, conventional means of... Wait a second, 1% of what? Sorry, I missed that. The, the atmospheric density on Mars yeah. is approximately oh, yeah. 1% of what it is here on Earth. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well... At least you won't burn up before you crash. Well, now, see, there's therein lies part of the problem. You have to aim so that you're going to not hit the ground if you come, you know, if you keep streaking across the sky. But you need to be able to dip down to get at least some atmospheric resistance to slow down. You depend on that. I was totally wrong. About, I wasn't totally wrong about the, the content. I have a quieter keyboard, so I could uh, Google this quickly. Uh, it's mostly carbon dioxide and molecular nitrogen. It has it, but it's only 2.8%. And argon, about the same amount as nitrogen. Yeah. So carbon dioxide, where is that on the... Oh! It's about the same density as oxygen. few kv more but okay. uh yeah so uh, it all comes back to the question 
um, you know, flying shit on Mars. Yeah, a drone that works here, can you test the shit here and send it there? Will it work? And the answer is apparently a resounding yes. Some of the stuff is testing in a in a very, very, very large vacuum tube. Because NASA's got that kind of stuff to test out, you know, what what happens when we put this particular, you know, spacesuit in a in a in a vacuum to simulate the moon? Is it going to work? Is it going to explode? What what's going to happen with that? And well, you know, you dial it down to one percent atmosphere, and after a lot of trial and error, they settled on something that works rechargeable uh, battery get about uh, 90 minutes of wait was it 90 minutes or 90 seconds shoot I forget which one it was but anyway it recharges every sol so every Martian day it recharges itself and then you know the next sol it's it's ready to go up and, and take another swing around and take pictures oh. and and show up everybody because holy smoke there are no rules or regulations about flying a drone on mars currently yeah there's no it's kind of hard to make a no fly zone there when nobody's ever flown exactly right that we know of that that we know of well, we can count on religion to do that for us or you know the the people who believe in things like the um uh, the Atlanteans uh, originally came from Mars and hitched a ride on a comet. Oh, and like copywriters, uh, yeah, they'd love to. Oh, we were here first, so nobody else can touch it. They can bite me just because we say so. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the into the unhappy part of the whole damn thing. But you know, uh, copyright groups can. Mm. It's not a power ten episode. Mm. How do I word yeah, well, this? Well, yeah. So, so same here, sir. I could. I tried. How can I best put this? Um, copyright enforcement here in the United States. You guys suck. You really do. Uh, I I still don't know how they copyright stuff that. Um, apparently, uh, this is going back to the. Remember the song uh, "All by Myself." Yes, and I know where you're going on that. Oh yeah, well, how the fuck can they copyright? Yeah, it's starting to power of ten set episode. Sorry, can't I can't help myself. Um, <laughs> but how can how can you put a copyright on Rachmaninoff's music? Like, did they change a note just for that or something to maintain it? How now, can they be exempt from the uh, seventy-five years after you're dead rule? Well, I think uh, I think a part of it comes down to where during the copyright term was the infraction, for lack of a better way of putting it. I I, I know I know. They, I mean, they found a loophole. But see, the part of the problem is that you know. Sooner or later, somebody just on their own is going to copy somebody else's work independently. I mean, it's it, it's happened before. 
I mean, the telephone, for instance, was patented by one guy, but only because he beat out another guy at the patent office by like 15 minutes. And they came to basically similar concepts independent of each other. So, you know, music is a creative endeavor. You know, that's, that's sooner or later, you're going to have stuff that. There's only so many notes. <laughs> well, somebody had put it really, really well. I, I forget who it was or who, who they were talking to at the time, but they said there are 88 car, uh, there are 88 keys on a piano keyboard. Oh yeah. Pick which ones you want to use. And, you know, there are so many to choose from. There's so many notes, so many styles. There's so many phrases. You know, it's it's amazing what you can, you know, what you you can come up with independent of everybody else. Yeah. Well, it's not about the number of notes. It's about the transition between them. That. And which ones you put together in which way. Yeah, because if you want to, you can copy, you know, uh, somebody else's music and just put it up on Octave and say, hey, uh, it's not copyright. No, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. Ask Vanilla Ice. That didn't fly for him either. Ask, ask the chipmunks. Wait, uh, wait, ask who? The chipmunks. Okay. Chipmunks. Shit. Yeah, the, the name that was going through my head was uh, Thelonious Monk because, oh my god, who knew that you could actually take completely crass sounding notes together and actually make like a career out of playing those and having people like it. I liked it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Thelonious Monk was, I mean, God, amazing, amazing. But then again, jazz, you get, you get away with a lot of stuff like that with jazz. I mean, the, the expression is, um, if you miss, if you make a mistake in music once, it's a goof. If you consistently make the same mistake in jazz, it's a style. It ain't a bug, it's a feature. Yeah. Yeah. I could go into that, but if it, it's like the transition, you know, one discordant note, if there's a certain interval between one discordant note and another, it's going to have the same effect as uh, one... Uh, harmonic chord and another if the interval's the same distance. Yeah. And it has a lot to do with how the human brain works. But anyways, that's... Or at least those of us that are used to um, the Western 12-tone scale. But that started to get a little bit more niche, and I don't think anybody really wants me to go into the Eastern music style where you've got four notes in between where we've got two. Oh, you've got the Iranian five-tone pentatonic. <laughs> you've got the well, Iranian pentatonic. Well, yes, but that's that's still using that's still using uh, the the note progressions that we can actually simulate accurately on a Western piano. One out of five notes, yeah. Yeah, versus <laughs> you can't exactly you can't exactly uh, simulate how how many notes there are on a piano the same way that there are on a koto from Japan. That's just not going to happen. How many strings are there on a koto? There's only three, you know? No, 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 what? no, no. You th- uh, 
Wait, am I thinking of the wrong thing? No, am I thinking of the wrong thing? Uh, I'm I'm thinking of the the like lo- long, uh, long musical instrument, a lot of strings on it, and a whole bunch of yeah. bridges in the middle, and you you pluck and sometimes press down on one side of the string to change the pitch. I'm okay. maybe thinking of the wrong thing. Damn it! Like vertical harpsichord. Well, the, the Iranian, I forget the name of the thing, but um, yeah, actually, I'd, I had to repair and tune one of those. That was a shit fight. Ooh. Oh, that is. And every, every, every note is actually three strings, much like a piano, actually. And yeah. you hit it with um, a kind of um, uh, well, a drumstick, but it's has on the end of it a kind of form of a shoe. That was a challenge. No, I can I can well imagine. I don't know if you've uh, if you've seen. I could okay. I know this is not exactly going into the science area. I don't care for a couple of minutes. We could use a little bit of levity. Uh, ha- have you seen some of the performance videos that have been on YouTube where people have had strings bust in the middle of a performance on a piano? Do you know how much? I tend to question that a bit. <clears throat> How do you break a piano? Because even in the, the, the piano action, it's limited. How hard you can hit it. Agreed. It's a hammer bounce. Always. It's not a... Unless you maintain the key. No, ag- agreed. Agreed. But there there are... I mean, let's face it. They are physical wires. In some yeah. cases, cables under very high tension. Sooner or later, there's going to be a physical, you know, just let loose. Yeah. If, uh, if they wear out. Yeah, I've seen a couple. Oh, of... yeah, I can imagine that because I can remember, yeah, if, you, if the piano's been tuned, 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 like uh, a 19th century piano, oh, yeah, I can see where that can happen. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like a 18th uh, piano from the 18th. With that, no, because Bach only made the Bachkonzert. Yeah, the end of the 18th century piano that's been never had its strings changed. <laughs> it's been just tuned tighter, 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 longer. It's stretching out more and more. Well, I I had a couple of violin strings like that, and uh, Stephanie's got it right. You know, metal fatigue, man. You know, any anything physical under strain sooner or later is going to give out. It's just a question of when. And hopefully not in the middle of a re- uh, recital. And yeah, there have been, there've been, it doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often. But when it does, it scares the living bejesus out of, so far, everybody that I've seen. And in some cases, there have been some really seasoned professional uh, musical performers who, yes, the show must go on, and yes, they do have to finish the piece, but you can tell they're suddenly really afraid of that side of the piano suddenly. <laughs> so is that why uh, grand pianos have lids to keep that shit from happening? I... I would not think so. It's probably to prevent, you know, squirrels from getting in the middle of them. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that grand pianos, a nice little nest. Grand pianos are gorgeous. Oh my god, 
there's a pinish here in Paris. Um, they use for a jazz studio. They've been using it since the 1950s, and it's got uh, I forget the name of it. I think it's a Stenway from yeah, probably 1890. It's just a just beautiful piece. We're in a bit of a dilemma because I would like to take my <clears throat> customary emergency <laughs> if Joey's not back I'm not going to ask you to do the Amazon thing and pee in a bucket don't worry about it you need to you need yeah, to go and do a bio I break known, I would have worn my space suit things for that kind of situation don't worry about it you you need to take a bio break don't sweat it I, I'm I'm sure I can come up with something to talk about So you're going to step away. If you don't mind. I, I, no, go right, right go right ahead. Because, no, you're, you're, uh, otherwise, uh, the looks, you know. The I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Talking through my teeth. Go, okay, do, right do, go, don't, don't worry about it. It's all good. So this is one of the things where, you know, being the personality that I am, I try my hand every once in a while at, you know, carrying a complete conversation. With myself, which is not always the easiest thing in the world to do. And for anybody that thinks, oh, just talking, I mean, that's that's easy to do. Yeah, you should try it sometime. Believe it or not, I was actually trying to have a uh, one-hour show, give or take, for a while that I was going to send over to uh, our friends over there in Washington at Ask an Atheist. And I, you know, I did several weeks of that, and it just was not working for me. And I found out that, you know, doing that on a consistent basis, yeah, it, that doesn't work out well. But it is what it is. Now, dealing with, uh, dealing with science, technology, and music for a second, I have learned a lot of different things about how physics and chemistry and botany, for instance, actually has a lot to do with, well, with music in the production of different, different instruments. There are a number of things where people really don't, really don't think about them. And, you know, without getting into the super technical stuff, for instance, some people don't think too much about tuning drums. Sure, you know, tune a fish, okay, fine, yeah. All of the usual instruments that you would play, they have to be tuned. I mean, it's just the nature of things. I grew up playing violin, I knew guitar, so, you know, consequently, you know, bass, amongst other things. There are very few instruments that you can't tune, or at the very least not tune easily. Piano, of course, is one of those, because it takes it takes a very long time, and it's rather technical. Okay. Out. There you are. My apologies. No worries. Uh, let me let me just finish this thought out before I before I forget. Um so tuning different instruments is relatively straightforward for the most part. It's a matter of either length or tension. And that's why I found out that tuning 
bass drums, marching bass drums, was a really cool thing to do. Now, yes, you could just as easily just, you know, okay, this one's supposed to be the lowest note, this one's the highest, and then just arbitrarily set the, you know, whatever the pitches are for the rest of them. But I found out that you actually do tune them to a piano. And that was the freakiest thing in the world for me to learn. And then to learn that I could actually figure out how to do it. Because it was a combination of musical pitch and mechanical fortitude in learning how tight to make the drum skin at different points around the circle of the drum skin. And let me tell you, I hated doing it, but I loved the results. So Joe, um, everything's, uh, everything's okay. I'm assuming. I mean, I, I, I don't hear any, you know, loud, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Flames, for instance. Well, this, uh, this driver pulled up to the stop sign literally right next to my house and I could hear something grinding. It sounded like they were dragging something. Uh, not the case. Oh, that's even more worrisome than. Yes, that's that is problematic. <laughs> um, but yeah. here's the thing: I am by no means a mechanic. You just play I one am, on TV. I am an amateur who has just read the books on his particular vehicles um, and has been learning as I go. Um, and yet, with that said. I actually was able to identify exactly what the problem was and had it confirmed by the uh, tow truck guy. Ooh. Okay. So if it wasn't, okay. If it sounded like something was dragging, the Mm -hmm. first thing that I would think would be uh, exhaust. If it's not, hold it, hold it. That, That would be the first thing that I would think of if it was that kind of sound. If it's not something that's being dragged on the ground and a tow truck was needed and they were coming up to a stop sign, the next thing that I would think from that sound would be either the brakes physical Uh Uh suddenly destroyed or worse. Drive shaft. Well, actually, I was thinking more (laughs) along the lines of the uh, transmission. So what was it? It was a tranny. The brakes were fine. They thought it was brakes, too, because every time she would touch her brake, the car would start stuttering and dragging and making that noise and uh, almost stalling out. Funny thing is, she has the same problem that my car has. Granted, hers is a four-wheel drive automatic. Mine's just a two-wheel drive. But she has the same problem. Her, ter- her torque converter clutch control solenoid is burnt out, which means there's nothing telling the clutch inside of the torque converter to disengage whenever she is A, shifting gears, or B, hitting her brake. So oh, she hits her brake, and the car is still tr- – the engine is still connected to the transmission and still trying to push the vehicle. That's why it's grinding. That'll do it. And that loud grinding – Loud enough to shake my window, by the way, big, like four by uh, uh, four by four 
Ford Excursion or something like that, big SUV. Um, is it's basically the clutch plate inside of the of the uh, torque converter skipping rapidly. What's most uh, alarming in that is that she was insisting. Hmm? Oh, it seems like she was trying to make the car move forward still. No, no, no. She she was actually coming down 62 and trying to get to Hillsboro, which is 22 miles away from here. Oh, Ooh, that's it, not going to go well. It started locking up as uh, just as she was passing by this town, and she was turning by my place because she has a friend that lives just a few houses down from me. So she came to the stop sign right outside my place. That's when we heard, that's when I heard the grinding. I rushed out there to make sure everything was okay. She has a friend from her hometown coming to pick her and her kid up because she had her kid in her back in the backseat. And, uh, we, I went ahead and drove the car very carefully up into her friend's driveway. So it's up out of the road, not blocking anything. Um, so they're, they're going to be okay. Good on you. Uh, assuming, assuming nothing has been like torn up as a result. If it, if it's just a matter of replacing that solenoid, the labor is a little pricey simply because they have to, uh, take off the plates and, uh, whatnot from the transmission and drain it and flush it and all that stuff. But assuming that like the the torque converter hasn't been busted, and it's just the solenoid, the solenoid's only like forty bucks. At least mine was. Cool. Cool. Well, with labor, yeah. Uh, depending on depending on where you go, you're looking at anywhere between, uh, say, two maybe five hundred dollars. Mm. How much would you charge to do it? I don't know that he's exactly the best person to ask because he could use the money. <laughs> Opportunity knocks. Yeah. Let me put it this way. There's a reason why I primarily rely on my truck, which is a stick shift. Yeah. See, manual transmission, if you screw up the clutch, it's your own fault. It's true. Automatic transmission... You can't just claim fault. <laughs> that's that's one of the reasons why I picked the truck that I did. Unfortunately, I'm also regretting picking the truck I did because while the transmission's great, the engine is terrible. Yeah, well, only so much you can you can you can do with that. Sadly, and for, uh, and for the record, when I bought my car. The one that I have currently that I bought in 2013. Thank you very much. If they had the Honda CRV in a manual transmission at that time, I would have bought it. But they don't anymore. So I'm. F- did I say. Did I use my F word once already tonight? I don't know. Yeah, I'm screwed. I was I was absent for a portion of it, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, you're all good. It's all good. What you don't know won't hurt you. No. No, that's... that's mm, 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 No. Don't kill him. 
Don't kill him. Nope. Not yet. If you, if you kill him, he won't learn nothing. It's true. That's true. So anyway, uh, here's, uh, here, here's a little something that I learned while I was uh, looking up information. The first powered flight by the Wright brothers. Either one of you know how long that one actually lasted? Uh, it wasn't very. Two minutes or something? No. Not even, no, it was like... The, long, the longest one that they ended up with was just shy of one minute. <clears throat> yeah. But the very first one... No, 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 don't go, no, don't go looking it up. Don't go cheating. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going, I'm going, ba I'm going strictly off memory here. Okay. Because I'm talking the very, very first one. Yes. So were you trying to give me a, an answer? Well, I was just, like I was saying, it, it was a matter of seconds. It was <laughs> under a minute. I remember that much. It As was, to the exact amount, I don't, I don't. Because I had to look it up. It was three and one half seconds. Because he freaked out, pulled back on the stick, stalled the aircraft, mm -hmm. and it dropped back down onto the ground. Three and a half seconds. That would have been a hard landing, too. Yep. But... They worked it over, they put the thing back into rights, and they went ahead and eventually, after several attempts, they got about a, a minute worth out of it. They were going to try a little bit more, but the wind came up and took the right flyer and tumbled it ass over tea kettle and busted a bunch of different pieces that they could not fix there. Yeah, that'll do it. Or at all. So the right flyer never flew again after that. They made it work. They made it see, work. Did, see, did the Air and Space Museum? Uh, I think so. The original Wright Flyer? Yeah. Uh, Spirit of St. Louis's. The oh, yeah, Wright the Flyer. Oh, that's a good question. I don't remember if it is or it isn't. I don't think Smithsonian. so. Smithsonian. Smithsonian yeah. uh, in the National Air and Space Museum. Oh, okay. In Washington. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw it way back when I was in, yeah. Yeah, I would have seen it too back in the 70s. They have a replica in the uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base mm. uh, Museum, uh, Air Force Museum. Of course, they also have a gigantic walk-in, you know, one-to-one -one scale mock-up of the space shuttle, so... Uh, plus, they also have one of the shuttles out, not at, not in the Air and Space Museum directly, but one of the, like, adjacent, I say adjacent, but I don't mean actually physically adjacent. It's, it's uh, company connected. I don't know what the right yes. term for it would be, but in, in one of the airfields in uh, Big Ass Hangar, huh. which by the way, the freaking Air and Space Museum, one year for April Fool's Day, said that they were going to be displaying, and they had a picture inside the Air and Space Museum, 
pointing up towards the roof, saying that they were going to be displaying Wonder Woman's invisible jet. And the sons of bitches got away with it. And it's not the first time that that's been done before. So it's nice hey, to know that these guys have actually got a sense of humor. Just because they're nerds doesn't mean they have no sense of humor. That's true. That is very true. It is very true. Nerds. Yeah, it's always going to be. God, that was the first time. Okay, back in the 70s, I went to. Um, I went to Washington, D.C. with my my crazy aunt. Just trust me on this one a second. And um, had, a, had, a great, had a great trip out there. And the Smithsonian, anybody that gets the opportunity to go to Smithsonian, you need to go for like a weekend full at the minimum if you really want to see everything. Just the Air and Space Museum itself. And that was the first place that I ever had that quote-unquote astronaut ice cream. That freeze-dried crap. Now, the sad part of it is I still love that stuff. I hate it when I first take a bite into it. But afterwards... It it's really disgusting Un- until so, until it's you know finally you know reliberated so in my mouth. Ba- basically, like me and Dippin' Dots. Oh God, I can't stand Dippin' Dots. I don't understand Dippin' Dots, but you know what? Given the opportunity, yeah, I'll have them. Nobody understands Dippin' Dots. That's true. I'll tell you the one thing about nobody understand. Sorry, go. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. The no. the 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 one thing about Dippin' Dots that I have not been able to understand after all these years, why it's so goddamn expensive. Oh my god! Because they can. You're getting it at a fairground or at a amusement, amusement park. park. Yeah. It's convenience fee. And no, where I where I was going with that was nobody understands cricket. You have to understand what a crumpet is if in order to understand cricket. Okay, truth be told, I have <laughs> never looked up how cricket is played. The closest I've ever come to cricket is drinking a grasshopper. So that brings us all the way back to the beginning of the show. Welcome down. When you wish. And demonetized. Uh, I'm going to tell you the same thing that I told Tech a couple (laughs) weeks back. No, no, that's not going to have happen because there is no way in hell any of the systems would actually recognize that as a song. You're welcome. (laughs) See, I'm allowed to get away with this with Joe because uh, A, we're friends, and B, he knows where I live. So there's only so far that I'm allowed to get away with, and I'm allowed to get my one for the night. And that was it. I see how it is. I, I'm, I'm going with that. That's, that's, that's my one and only excuse. Tell what I got. So, uh, maybe you can help out on this one, Joe, because while you were gone, as you see over in the, uh, uh over in the, the host chat, we ended up on the, uh, we ended up on the topic of Vanta Black. And I could not remember for the life of me what the competing, 
Uber Black was called. Do you remember? Ooh, um, you you remember the story? I mean, we've talked about it on Friday nights, I think, a couple times. Oh, um. Yeah, you do remember what I'm moose, talking about. Moose, Musso. Don't know. I don't know. Something like that. I don't. I'm gonna look it up on uh, on uh, Wikipedia. Get the articles for the uh, show notes later. Anyway, no big thing. I would have done it here with us, but uh, as I was as I was telling Joseph, uh, the keyboard that I'm working with now is a little bit more uh, clackety, so I don't want to be you know hunting up stuff in the middle of everything and it you know, tappity 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 tappity. Fair enough. I'm I'm looking it up now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kapoor Black is Vanta Black. And yeah, the other one is Muso M U S O U. Muso Black. And that's the one where the guy has said And that's the one where the guy has said, "You know what? We're not going to we're not going to copyright this. We're just going to make it open source and everybody can have it, right?" Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what that one was. Anyway, guys, can look it all up in the show notes later. It, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. From from the Nerdist.com, Musso Black makes objects look like the Acme portable black hole. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, there is a there is a truism in art, and and Joe can can vouch for me on this one whenever you color something in art whether it's paint or digital you don't use just black you use yes. something that's gray charcoal very close to black but don't use black the only thing you use black for is an outline and only then do you really consider is it really okay for me to use just black see that was one of the things that weirded me out as a kid because as a kid before i understood you know the finer points of artistic expression and whatnot i grew up we we didn't have much television we didn't have uh, very many video games or anything like that what we did have were comic books and i grew up with tons and tons of spider-man comic books as folks do I always got into an argument with my brother over the particular character of Venom because I said he was blue and my brother was like no he's black okay and you know we'd go back and forth back and forth and the reason why they used blue for him in for coloring him in the comics is because a you need high contrast uh, because of the printing process. And B, because the um, the only way to show any kind of definition on him with the inks that were available for mass printing like that, you either make the entire page grayscale with a little pin dot thing or you run it with uh with some kind of off color and stephanie is pointing it out 
There is very dark blue cloth or very dark brown cloth, but black you cannot get. Yeah. Yeah, and there's good goddamn but reason for is that. is this dress blue or gold? I am going to kick you in your teeth. What few that are left, don't get started on that. <laughs> See, this, this is the opportunity where I've now crossed over into the shoe that's almost two. I know. I know. But see, he chuckled. So I'm still at my one. Let's Let's look at that one. Vanta Black has an absorption rate of 99.965% of visible light. So Black, reportedly lower absorption rate, 99.4. But from a visual perspective, basically the same, way cheaper. Way, 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 way cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, it's all kinds of weird. Sorry about the, the, sorry about the, uh, uh, the, dead moments over here. I'm just kind of like running too damn many things simultaneously in my head. And I can't get any one of them to come out correctly. I mean, that that's, that's our lives in a nutshell on the yeah, show. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's how it works sometimes, man. It sucks, but it is what it is. No, no, this is, this is me in a nutshell. Help, help. I'm in a nutshell. How did I get that's, in here? That's really not. That's really not helping. I know. I'll be in my trailer. No, you won't. Because you ain't got a trailer. I know you're better than that. Technically, I do, but it's a flatbed. Yeah, there's that. Um, <sighs> I think the only other thing that uh, I want to kind of talk about for a couple of moments is... Actually, taking us back to the uh, taking us back to the horrible scopes, the let me pull it back up again because I need to find it over here. Integza, put that over in there for uh, Gemini, the uh, the Portuguese three D modeler. His uh, his uh, his YouTube channel name is. Integza. And he's 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 nuts. He is truly, absolutely, he, he's just flabbergastingly nuts. The idea that he makes a uh that he was making a 3D printed um pulse jet and made it work for about Somewhere, I forget how long it was, like 10, 30 seconds before the whole thing burned through the 3D material. I mean, 3D printing is is basically plastic. So you can probably imagine 1400 degrees Celsius, most plastics do not like that for very long. And they didn't. But the guy's, the guy's amazing. Oh, God. No, no, no. Stop, 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 stop. Damn it. Fucking pop-up video sorry that was loud 
fortunately, we didn't hear it, so that works out to our advantage, I suppose. Also, I've used up my F words for the day. Yeah, you did. That's all right. Sorry. Sorry. It's, it, it, it is what it is. But uh, in Texas, I mean, the the amount of work that this guy has actually gone through trying to figure out stuff like the Tesla valve, how to make the did, – did you know – did you know that Tesla actually came up with a turbine, a wind turbine, completely different design from everything else, mm-hmm. where instead of using propellers, he had a circular enclosure with a bunch of circular disks inside of it, spaced, you know, spaced next to each other. With the idea that wind would blow through the circular enclosure in a circle because the enclosure is circular. Mm -hmm. And it would, because it's effectively operating like it's a liquid, make a vortex that would pull those disks along with it because it's got this corkscrew effect that would then exit out through the center line of the whole damn thing. And Ber- it Bernoulli's basically, principle, uh, Bernoulli's principle in effect. That's how, that's how those, uh, no, I don't know if you ever. No, no, because Bernoulli's principle was the difference of air pressure, depending as to the velocity of the air pressure mm-hmm. of a wing. In this case, there is no wing. It's a, it, it, it's a flat piece and the air going across it is dragging by friction the discs and causing them to rotate as if it were water going through them. It's just not water. It's, it's air and it, it pulls everything along that way. So it, it's not Bernoulli's it's well, it, it it's, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but I, I had to do a report on Bernoulli's principle. So trust me when I say I know a little something about this because I lost part of my damn thing when I had a small problem trying to save the file on my Commodore 64 back in high school, (laughs) because that's the way that I was doing it. Trust me. I know a little something about that one. kind of similar to the way that those uh what are they the, the wood uh bladeless fans work but in reverse god hate those things <laughs> yes bladeless it's a, fans? It, that's the way that they're built but they're not exactly lisa made this perpetual motion machine it never stops it just keeps going faster we gotta lay down some ground rules lisa come in here in this house, we we obey the laws of thermodynamics. Do you have any choice? Um, I uh, <laughs> I want to <laughs> I want to say I don't know because huh? th- th- there. Okay, 
the whole thing about, uh, again, going back to that whole horrible scope about, you know, letting YouTube's algorithm pick new things for you to, to view. There is one that came up for me where they were talking about the possibilities of warp drive for, you know, space travel and how somebody figured out, you know, how how you use Einstein's theories of relativity to figure out can warp drive happen? And instead of going in one direction for the equations in order to figure out, you know, well, you can't get something up to the speed of light that has positive mass because that's the way that it, it plays out. A person went ahead and went backwards and said, okay, if you wanted to get this velocity out of something, what do you have to get to satisfy the equation in the other direction? And apparently there are solutions to the problem so that you can get superluminal flight, but still obeying Einstein's theories of relativity. And it only requires exotic, exotic matter with a um, negative gravity. So, I mean, we, we're, we can get there. We just need to figure out what negative gravity is. Well, yeah. But uh, if you're going to have negative gravity, have antimatter as well. Uh, well, um... Shit. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, it's not wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Because I'm trying to remember if antimatter still obeys gravitational attraction. I don't remember whether or not I've heard about that one one way or the other. Because to the best of my recollection, antimatter still operates under gravitational forces. Minimal that they might be. Wow. Uh, I don't know. If the laws of physics are... Gravitational interaction of antimatter with matter, or antimatter, has not been conclusively observed by physicists. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Though I do remember somebody mentioning something about anti-gravity uh, anti as a single word, you know, theoretical physics thing, and not just anti anti-space gravity like you know star trek or whatever so you mean like anti-gravitons if yes. gravitons are actually a thing huh man people keep saying that you know reality is boring bullshit reality is too freaking weird man i love it the idea that there could be a parallel universe like three centimeters away from the one that we're in now that's cool i don't know how that would oh. be but as well three centimeters um yeah uh all it's kind of hard to say all you would say we we don't seem to have a concept for describing that so long as we don't end up with a thanos snap we're good oh yeah well, yeah that's the yeah that's a very good point yeah, and that's, you know, that's that's one last thing that I, I, I wanted to touch on. For anybody that is actually giving consideration to crossing over from this universe 
into another one, should there be such a thing? I'm going to go out on a limb and tell you, don't do it. Because if you go into a different universe, well, there is a very good likelihood that all of the nuclear forces that operate you probably aren't going to work the same way somewhere else. And that's going to be messy. And you thought spaghettification was bad. It, spaghettification is bad. <laughs> and I love how people think about the the automatic <clears throat> that if there's a parallel universe to this one, then all the atoms are arranged in exactly the same way they are here. Let me put it this way. Spaghettification has nothing on subatomic disassociation. Oh, yeah. yeah well, like your of an atom in your ankle bone. Well, okay, I take that back. Subatomic, uh, subatomic, uh, disassociation. Disassociation is going to happen throughout your body instantaneously. You're not going to feel shit. Spaghettification, on the other hand, you're going to feel that. Yeah, but yeah, there's okay. a bright side to spaghettification. I mean, we've all wanted to get rid no, of no, all of this no, no. COVID shoot, weight. Shoot, and, shoot and that, that's not a bright side. That is called the event horizon. That's just that's just photons stuck in perpetual orbit. Yeah. But you'll be able to see your own ass briefly. Just yeah, before it gets, you know, lanced. Streams by you. You'll be see. Uh, you'll be able to see the back of the insides of your own eyeballs. Yep. Yep. Right before it gets fried with all of those photons orbiting around, that's going to be a bad, um, a bad couple name. couple million years, minimum. No, but time is relative. Yeah, really, do we want to be around all of our relatives for that long? I don't think so. I'm a dad. It's a dad joke. Leave me alone. Piss off. I don't care. Just remember, when it's happening to you, it might seem only like it's an instant. For anybody watching, it's going to seem like it takes hundreds and hundreds of years. As you steadily go redder and redder in your face and eyes. I had my I had the hardest time wrapping my head around that. You know the uh, uh, the 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 redshift. Well, well, it's on the same principle, uh, but it's um, uh, time deceleration and acceleration. Actually, time slows down. Time dilation. Yes. Time dilation. Yeah. There you it. go. Uh, time slowing down towards um, a gr- uh, concentration of gravity. Deeper inside of gravity, well, you are the more the greater effect it has on the passage of time. Yeah. So, but actually, um, when somebody goes out into space and they for like ten years and they return, um, everybody on Earth is much older, and instinctively the first thing you think is, "Hey, wait a second, time is slower." And anybody who's thinking that, oh, that's just sci-fi, no. We have satellites in orbit that have to actually calculate for that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, your GPS wouldn't work. <laughs> Make left turn, middle of Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> no, th- no, thank you, Hal. Not that depressed, really. 
<laughs> yeah, some people wonder why Apple Maps worked the way that it did. Or oh, there's didn't. A, there's a lovely Batman YouTube clip about that. <laughs> On a kind of a side note, um, my latest project, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've looked up on Facebook. I'm actually watching my computer reason. Oh, just remember if it becomes self-aware, it's on you. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just say you're welcome. Wait. Worst worst case will be the fact that if it does become self-aware, not only will it be a self-aware computer that is de facto smarter than all of us, it'll be French. So it'll have that intellect and the arrogance. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it'll be a chain smoker. Okay. <laughs> but. but it will still have its one weakness. We just have to pour wine on top of it and short everything out. Oh, then it'll get all metaphysical. Yeah, well, yeah it'll works. be it'll it'll become and the actually the French they have an expression that I love. Uh, it's called when somebody's in kind of like um, I guess it's the equivalent of cognitive dissonance, but they say uh, somebody who's in conflict with themselves. That sounds about right. What what is the French expression? En conflit avec lui-même. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that again later, but that's cool. Yeah, well, the French are always getting after me. Hacking <laughs> my, my Jane Birkin accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could always get away with uh, reminding them, look, I'm, I'm originally Canadian. And I'm, I'm sure some of them will give you, cut you a little slack. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, well, then they're they're expecting the uh, the Quebec accent, and that's something else. And at least you can get away with saying, "Look, I'm improving. I don't sound like I'm from Quebec. I don't sound like a Quebecois, right?" Yeah. Well, je te comprends parfaitement bien. Just scream "Beaver" at him as many times as you can. You, you know. Yeah, followed by a <laughs> beaver in French. Uh, yeah, that would be oh, geez. Oh, no. Castor. Okay. And, and yeah. And Castor is also a hinge, but anyway. See, folks, we're a learning channel. Jeez. <laughs> some of us are learning. Some of us are <laughs> learning that we can't speak French for squat. Thank you very much. Well, there's something I still can't get a hang of. It's the, um, and my brain... Okay, now that I'm in a 100% French work environment, yeah, my brain's starting to pick up on it. But it was um, masculine and feminine. <laughs> like, get the logic of this. Like, a beard is feminine? La barbe? Who decides this shit? <laughs> Why? I do not know. It was a weird concept for me when I uh, when I originally took Spanish. Like even this, like the okay, um, penis <laughs> in 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 French is feminine. 
Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Not beat. <laughs> yeah. The one that I had, the one that I always had the worst time uh, wrapping my head around was uh, in Romance Languages. There are actually six forms of conjugation. And there is one form that is like never used anymore. And if I remember correctly, oh, there's a few. It's been a very long time. But uh, it's like the difference uh, between. The difference between uh, all of you and there's like a formal version as well. Oh. And it's like, oh. it, it, it basically, it's a, it's a form of conjugation that fell away back when, you know, there, start, there stopped being so much of a... Uh, divide between social classes like the difference between nobility and peasantry well, the, the ancestor of that is the royal we mm -hmm. royal you and <clears throat> back in the time there would be yeah like the uh, literally translated to be the uh the past perfect Yeah, I, I, even I can't do that. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, zoom. It's, it's very strange. But some of that still exists in French. Like, for example, when you first meet somebody, you give them the royal you, which means, like, you in plural. Vous voyez? Vous. You always vous voir somebody when you first meet them, out of respect. Of course, nobody does that anymore. And actually, when you first see, if you see somebody in the street, and you say, if you want to say the equivalent of, hey, you. Um, if you go, uh, if you say, like, hey, toi. It's, like, totally disrespectful. Used to be. How did we end up here? Simple. What? In because, yeah, because we're at the end of the whole damn thing, and we've kind of run out of places that we're going. I, I don't really have very much of anything to, to close off with other than just, Hey, NASA, keep up the great work. It's only scheduled for a 30 day, uh, a 30 day excursion. Uh, the, um, that flyer. But if there's one thing that we've ever learned when you guys do it right, you keep extending those missions. Keep going for it. And thanks for inspiring everybody. Uh, Joseph, any, any, any last thing for you? Mm, not much. Just, um, <clears throat> yeah, the database I'm working on to credit, I'm not doing it in French. Uh, the basic, uh, the conjugation between classes, everything, it's all in English. So it won't be the end of the world. <laughs> well, at least somebody will be able to read it. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but as a reference, if anybody wants to look it up, uh, it's RDF. It's 
Wow. Think for French. The thing the thing I was thinking of, like in French, it's like uh Uh, allons and allez. I don't know. Uh, nous allons, uh, we go, and then uh, vous allez, which is you go, in plural. So like the you, you, bunch of you, you, y'all, you. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really hard. Vont, vont is not used very uh, much anymore, is it? Which one? Vont. Oh, ils vont. Uh, yeah. That's that's they go. Okay. Maybe maybe it's different in French than it was for Spanish. Um, I remember I, there's one know. form. I remember from my Spanish classes there was one form of conjugation that was like in the modern day it's it's impolite to use. Oh really. Yeah. Okay, because it harkens back to way back when with like caste systems and stuff like that. Oh, lovely! Yeah, because I I wanted to say that uh, you know if you've got Spanish, uh, you've got French. It's just the yeah. it's the usage, usage. I don't know how to say that in English, but no, you got it you know, right. The common parlance, yeah, uh, in the area. Conjug- conjugation rules and sentence structure mostly the same. Yeah. Throughout the romance languages. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Except Portuguese, because Portuguese has to be different. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're hiding on the other side of the mountains trying to be different. Everybody's got to have a hobby. Joe, any last thing for you? Other than, <sighs> other than picking on the romance language countries now? Christians are having a great uh, are doing a great job reconquering uh, the Iberian Peninsula, soon to be known as Spain and not Spain. <laughs> Please remain Christian. We will check back again when you least expect. Make sure that you are still Christian. <laughs> if anybody hasn't seen it yet, go watch History of the World. I guess because it is worth it. More well, it's worth it. Yes, but it is more information than you were expecting to get in twenty minutes of vi- YouTube video. More than I think you can handle. Yep. Beyond that, was there anything Beyond I that, to finish with? Beyond that, um, car maintenance is important. Because the last thing you want to do is be broke down 22 miles from home at, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. With your kids screaming in the back seat. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Were they screaming before or after they saw you? Uh, okay, that's 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 now my two. Okay, that's now my two. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame the beer because I finished it. I actually finished it. That was actually really interesting. So uh maybe maybe try that sometime. Beer, because I need to share the blame. I have to say, you know, Europe. Most European beers, the least worth a try. Can't really say that for North America. Well, 
part of North America, at the very least. Some, some of North America, some yeah. North American beers are okay. Well, but, actually, all beers are from overseas because after a few European. Mescal isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, thanks for ignoring. But... <laughs> no, no. I didn't ignore it. <laughs> I'm trying very hard to. I simply denied its existence. I reject your reality and replace it and substitute my own. We'll go for that. We need to go ahead and wrap up because I'm starting to get a little on the tuckered side. I have not been sleeping very well the last week, so I think now is about a good time. Yeah, it's kind of the way that it's been. Yeah. So everybody, as always, thank you very much for being with us. Hope that you had yourself a good time, had uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of fun, a little bit of levity for a change, and as always, hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives. Stephanie, um, sorry you were all alone over there tonight but you know nice as always to have you you take good care of yourself please please stay safe stay healthy out there and uh just know that you know we're thinking about you and of course hoping really really hard that uh you know you guys stay safe out there joseph thank you for your time you have yourself a good morning and um try to enjoy the week if at all possible with as little movement as you guys are allowed to have right now i'm really looking forward to burgundy as soon as this shit is over everything's gonna open up from the 12th supposedly if they don't prolong the confinement period so yeah good luck you with too, it all, hang in there yeah i'm i'm trying i'm trying really hard and joe good to have you back Thanks, man. And uh, you also, man, you take care of yourself. Stay safe, huh? You can't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. No, but <laughs> I am a dad, so I'm allowed to. So fuck off. There's, there, there's my other one. <laughs> uh, I'll catch you all later. So, as always, everybody, uh, Stephanie's saying, I'm the nearest thing to a hermit there is possible at this time. I know that feeling. If you would like to be in contact with us, all of our contact information is available over at the website, holycrapthevlogcast.com, including the link to be able to download the audio version of the podcast. If you'd like to leave a voicemail message, and please be creative. We'd really appreciate that. Voicemail number is 859-HCTV-554, 554 I'd really like for Google to just finally say, hey, um, okay, yeah, we'll we'll accept that you actually have that number and we don't need to check in with you again for longer. Google's apparently got this thing up their ass where they're just like, hey, we want to make sure that you've got all of your uh, all of your account information all nice and nice and spiffy and safe this week. You want to check everything? Nothing's changed in the last three years. Go away. <laughs> Whatever. But in any case, everybody. Oh, go ahead. Seriously. You all stay safe. Stay healthy. No matter how often or how few times you join us, that is ultimately the most important part. Please stay safe. 
So until the next time we get together, everyone, as always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well, my lady. 15 plus years on, I am still in love. But today, Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Till the next time we get together, everyone. As always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening. <laughs>